Welcome to History Makers. I'm your host, Matt Prater. Today we're talking with speaker and author Justin Herald. Now, Justin owns 18 businesses, and uh, rather than being a motivational speaker, he's more of an activational speaker. Justin was named International Entrepreneur of the Year in 2005 and was also recently awarded the Future Leaders Award, which recognises him as one of the 50 most influential leaders of the next generation in Australia. Justin's uh, well known for uh, owning the Attitude brand, which you may have seen on T-shirts in the past, uh, and uh, it's really good to have you in the studio. Welcome to History Makers. Thank you so much. So, Justin, let's um, find out a little bit about your story. Tell us about uh, your upbringing. You were brought up, your father was a pastor, you were brought up in the church. How did uh, life begin for you? <laughs> oh, look, I had a, a fantastic upbringing. Um, the foundations that were set for me and that were taught to me uh, were great. Um, I've never gone away from them at all. Uh, it's wonderful to be able to say that these days because I think there's a lot of drama in the world that people haven't had good upbringings or foundations. So I had all that sort of stuff. Um, I did struggle a little bit being the pastor's kid, um, especially because Dad was sort of up there in the AAG and the executive side of things. So there was an expectation, apparently, of how I should be. Um, never from my parents. I'm always from other people. Uh, I do suffer from a, a rare disease, and that is I speak before I think. So <laughs> when I was younger, I used to give people my opinion about their opinion, which didn't go down too well at the time. So I had a bit of attitude, so they say. And, um, yeah, I, was, uh, I, I didn't do too well at school, so left that pretty quickly and um, went into the workforce, which I had a gazillion jobs, to be totally honest, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do until I was 25 years old, so which well, where I started Attitude. Now, there's a famous story where you're in church and some lady said to you, you got Attitude, and tell us the rest of the story. How did it go from there? Yeah, well, she <laughs> said I had an Attitude problem and I... And I um, said, well, I don't think I do. Um, and she said, well, you just don't listen to anyone. And I said, well, I don't think that's correct either. But um, once again, like, just didn't have the tact that went with a lot of that sort of stuff. So um, the only reason I started Attitude and my business plan at the time was just to upset her by putting it on the back of T-shirts. So <laughs> that's all I wanted to do. And my theory was if I wasn't at church, then my mates could wear the T-shirt and they could be at church and my Attitude could be there by default. So it was a bit of fun to start off with. So I only had enough money. I had a dollar twenty-five in the bank. Um, I had to go and borrow fifty dollars from my brother, and I could make four T-shirts. And from that, there were slogan-based T-shirts. One of them I sent this lady was, "I don't have an attitude problem. You have a perception problem." And um, so yeah, so we we sort of did a lot of that sort of um, sarcastic type positive um, slogans, and could make four of them I sold three of them and then that could make me six and make me 12 and 24 so from a business perspective I've never done a profit and loss or a forecast or a budget and I've never borrowed money and I've never had an overdraft so I just uh, had a great concept to get out there and have a have a go and you started with these uh, you know slogan based t-shirts and you ended up owning the word attitude tell us how that came about <laughs> yeah well I, I trademarked it um, I was given I always surrounded myself with smarter people even before I started attitude um, and so I, what, someone told me that I should trademark it, and I didn't know what that was. I thought, well, okay, it's going to cost me $400, so I might as well go and do that. Uh, that ended up costing me $36,000 because no one told me I'm not supposed to take a word out of the dictionary. <laughs> um, so I got that in the end, and um, because of that, then I, or because then the brand grew, I started to do that all over the world, so trademark it throughout the world. And essentially, I then had ownership over that word, which uh, was pretty cool. But um, I didn't know that at the time. I was just doing what I was told to do. And you obviously 
had a fast track to success. Like you've got 18 businesses now. You started out at the age of 25 and you, now you speak all over the world at um, activational seminars. I like that. Yep. Uh, tell me uh, a little bit about that journey. Like what were the next steps that, that you went through to achieve such great success? For me, it's taken a long time. For everyone else, it's taken a short time. It, it's just one of those things that I just found that I was good at doing this business stuff. I've never studied a business course in my life. I've never read a business book. I write them, but I've never read a business book in my life. I just found that one plus one equals two. And for me, this is now my lot in life. I actually, I think a lot of times in life, we're trying to figure out what we're good at instead of going, well, let's just give something a shot to see if I'm good at it. So I gave that a bit of a a crack and um, I found business was easy. The brand just took off. It was right place, right time too. And I mean, I get a few people saying to me I was a bit lucky. And I had a T-shirt for that. It was all about luck. Just ask any loser. So, um, <laughs> so you, you um, so it just sort of took off big time. And I just capitalised on that though. I think sometimes people, when things start going well, they take their hands off the reins and go, well, okay, well this is just going unreal now. So I may as well do nothing. I just kept on doing stuff and kept on doing stuff and sold the business um, four years ago. And then I was asked to write a book which I couldn't sort of read or write properly when I left school, so I thought, well, that's not going to work. And I did the deal with them anyway, thinking, well, they're going to sort of introduce me at any point in time to my ghostwriter. (laughs) And then they said, well, no, that just doesn't work like that. And I said, well, what do I do? And they said, well, you signed a contract, so go write a book. And um, I wrote my first book in three weeks. I found it, once again, the easiest thing I've ever done and um, was able to get it out. That sort of went bestseller after three weeks. So then they gave me another 10-book deal. So I just sat and thought, well, that's pretty cool. And... um, then I was asked to speak, and I'm thinking, well, there was a lot of expectation when I was younger that I would end up, like my father, being a preacher. And for me, it was the thing that I didn't want to go and do because more so the attitude that everyone wanted me to do that, so I'm now not going to go and do that, so <laughs> I was a bit of having a go. But So I, I, ended, I thought I'll give it a shot, and that's what I've been doing basically full-time for four years. I do about 150 speaking jobs a year now, so now I'm starting to get uh, into churches, but I... I'm now comfortable going into churches. I wanted to make sure that I um, was in the right space to get onto the platform. I hold the platform in a church at a very high esteem. It's the way I was brought up, and I wanted to make sure that I was 100, not I'll never be 100%, but as close to as being where I should be Mm. in my spiritual walk as best I can. And um, yeah, so that's sort of where it sort of came to, and and I am the most surprised person on the planet that it actually worked that way. And <laughs> but I'm able to now go out there and speak into in front of hundreds of thousands of people a year now, and all of my principles are godly principles. And but I just don't mention a lot of the time God or Jesus. And some people have had a problem with that. Well, it says in the Bible, use any means necessary, and I'm going to use those means. And if people, you know, there's people like yourself mm. who will. Uh, reap the harvest I'll just go and sow the seed mm. and that, if I can start getting them to think a little bit different stop being so selfish about where they want to go start understanding that their life is bigger than themselves then when they hear a message from a church they'll sit there and go oh, this is not that much different to what I'm living right now so for me it's more about getting out there and and now using what's in my hand mm. and that is my success and the one thing that you get with success is influence and uh, it's a gift with purchase really you don't really go and aim for it you just get it I can now influence a lot of people to operate in a different way purely based upon the fact of the success that I've had, which they can't deny what I'm saying now is incorrect because most people sit there and go, you're kidding me. Um, I better listen to this bloke. That's a great position to be in. Never thought I'd be in that position. When you speak in churches, you obviously have a passion to make sure that 
you know, you're activating people, you're yep. en- encouraging people to be successful in their life. What's some of the main kind of themes you tackle when you speak at churches? Yeah, look, I've got uh, two two of my favourite principles that I now talk about. One is just, too many people are expecting a harvest but haven't planted a seed yet. So, you know, we'd all love to be, or maybe, love to be in a better position than we are right now. And the question that I ask most people who say that to me is, well, what are you doing about it? Most people, nothing. You know, this whole God's going to provide for me, I'm not into all of that, to be totally honest. He will if you're actually working for it and towards it. But just sitting there and waiting, it's like the lotto mentality, you know. Um, And that's why I have a a bit of a problem with books like The Secret and put it out to the universe and the universe will provide. Well, show me where it says that in the Bible. Hmm. And the other thing is I I think the game of success, the game of life, the game of of business, um, whatever it is... um, and prosperity it's all built upon principle it's not on emotion so for me people just are emotionally driven in their lives so if the drama comes or there's a drama if it's good time or now i'm in a good mood well if you've got proper godly principles in place it doesn't matter if you've got a drama or you don't have a drama you're still going ahead Um, and the thing that i love talking about is my favorite parable is the parable of the talents Um, because we all have some talent some have more now i couldn't cook to save my life uh, my wife is unreal at cooking. She could not run a business to save her life. Her time management, I can say this when she's not here, is just disgusting. Like, as far as she's got no clue. Now, so she wouldn't survive in my world, and I wouldn't survive in her world, nor do I want to. And I think, you know, a lot of people go through life wanting what everyone else has got instead of looking at what they've currently got, which could be better than what they actually desire. Um, and I think, you know, that's the sort of message I want to get across. You know, I think Christians, and I totally believe us Christians need to be the most successful people on the planet. Um, we need to get out there and make the most amount of money. Money makes the world go round, regardless of people, whether they like that or not. I can't use love to feed a child over in Africa. Money is going to take that. So we can go out to the world and say, please give us some money. Or we go out there and make the money ourselves. More fun doing it that way. And there's more payoff in the end from a a personal perspective so i'd rather do that so tell me a bit about um the philanthropic side of things are you, are you involved in any charities is that something that is is a big passion in your heart as well yeah yeah well, well i gave a, a bit of money away when um we sold attitude and uh, i rang up about six months later to these different charities that i gave some money to and i said what did we do with the money and first of all they didn't want to tell me you know so well bad luck you've got to tell me <laughs> and then they showed me how much they actually spent on admin and i was just shocked that it i mean if you run a business on 65 or 75 percent for admin you're going to get broke so instead of me getting frustrated with that or upset with that i just decided to go and start my own um, which we started a foundation in line with the potato and um, so we built orphanages in uganda but for me I, i'll go out into the non-christian world and talk to them about how they can increase their lot in life by giving away money so that whole charity um, is not run or not funded by christians it's funded by non-christians and that's where for once again go out into all the world and i'll go out in all the world you know i have to say well, not so much now but in the um well probably a few years ago backwards the people that actually accepted me in life were the people who were not Christian. The people who were Christian didn't really accept me because I was now making too much money. So I just go, well, I'll go where I'm accepted. But, you know, this stuff about prosperity and about giving beyond your current needs and going beyond yourself for a non-Christian audience, that's new to them because it's all about what do I get, when do I want it, how am I, I just want me, 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 me. You start telling them about it, it's not about you anymore. And you'll still make a lot of money if you still do a good job. It blows them away. Mm. 
And I've got people who give um, and who are building orphanages for me who constantly ring up going, I'm shocked that the more I give away, the more it keeps coming back to me. Yeah. And they go, how did you know that? Read your Bible. Don't have a Bible. <laughs> do you want a Bible? Sure. <laughs> so I can do it in that way. And, you know, that's the stuff that I enjoy. My father does it his way. Um, you do it your way. And I just do it my way. And I used to think that that was a problem. I used to be told that it was a problem when I was growing up, that if I, could, if I did it a different way than the norm that I'm going against everything. Well, I've just found that I've actually found, once again, my lot in life. So in the uh, the speaking circuit that you're on, mm-hmm. you must bump into Christians every now and then. Is there any that have really influenced you and encouraged you in what you're doing? None. None? No, I haven't run into many Christians. Um, no, not on the speaking circuit. Actually, the speaking circuit's a wonderful little monster. It shows you all that's wrong with the world, to be totally honest. Um, I'm getting myself into trouble here. But there's too many people out there who are telling you how to do whatever in life, from a non-Christian speaking perspective, who have actually never done it. And it just shocked me. Like I used to you know, look at all these big speakers, and I now speak on stage with them, and think, man, you must have it all together. Oh, my Lord, they've got it nowhere near together. <laughs> and uh, you know, some of them want to sit down with me and ask me questions about how did I get... And it's great for me to be able to influence those people, but... It's a bit disturbing that people will pay a fortune to learn how to make a fortune. and It's a different little world, and that's why I love doing what I do and for to get the feedback. I, I'm not really fussed on what you know the experts in the industry think of my speaking. It's, it's more about what the punter at the end of the day mm. sits there and goes, oh, I got a lot out of that. Mm. And once again, I, when I know that it's all based upon biblical principles, that's the stuff that I just sit here and think, well, you know, I actually think I'm exactly where I should be. Right now, and I think a lot of people are also on the where you should be type conversation. There's too many people are trying to be somewhere where they're not supposed to be, and maybe where you are right now is where you're supposed to be. And um, for me, I'll just do what I'm supposed to do right now. So tell me about your um, your faith journey. Uh, you mentioned that you were brought up in a Christian home. Was there a time you were away from God, or did you always follow Him all your life? Yeah, no, I've never been away. I, I've been probably times where I haven't been as committed. Um, you know, hurt people hurt people. And I've been hurt by a lot of hurt people. Um, and so I, when I was younger, that affected me a bit with people giving me their opinion on how I should be living my life and telling me everything that I was doing wrong, which in reality now when I look back, I wasn't actually doing anything wrong at all. It's just who I was. It's uh, I'm a very opinionated person, so don't ask me what my opinion is on something because you'll get it. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I never sort of sort of went away totally. I mean, I have my own personal view on a lot of certain ways to live a Christian life um, you know like the old saying just because you sit at McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger you know so same with going to church I think you know there was Francis of Assisi the old monk back in the what, 17s or whatever it was said a cracker he said preach the gospel but sometimes use words and that's where for me I'd rather be living that type of lifestyle where people ask me what what is it about you based upon your success or based upon the way that you're nice to people or based upon the way you write your books, whatever it is. What is it? I'd rather that than me get up on my soapbox telling everyone, you know, you've got to turn or you're going to go to hell, you know, <laughs> for Pete's sake. And that's where I want people to, I think it's wise, to live a life that is um, very open and honest. And so if you're struggling, just like, man, I'm struggling today. You know, this whole pushing it under the carpet and pretending to be Christian and happy all the time, you're not going to be happy all the time. So, and I think that people are watching, the non-Christian people are watching Christian people now. 
going, okay, well, you can tell me all your rah-rah all you want, but how are you, how are you going in your life? And they'll figure it out in pretty quickly. And that's where I like success. For me, success speaks volumes without anyone having to open their mouth. People will look at that. Now, you can say, you know, God's the provider, the great provider. And I'll sit there and you drive and you buy me old debts of 120 why you can't afford to buy any food. And you're going to preach that to someone. You sit there and go, well, how does that work? And um, the older I get, the more I get it. See, I, I don't really – it's none of my business what people think of me. That's my new, new little mantra in life. Um, I'm not really fussed now what people think of me, good or bad. And tell me a little bit about um, what you do to have your devotional time with God. Like obviously you're very busy, you're on the plane a lot, travelling around. What do you do to um, reconnect with God every day? Yeah, well, I um, I met a, a guy, my um, sister-in-law, her um, step-daughter, uh, was a very long way around to that, um, just got married and, and to a preacher's son over in America and a guy by the name of Dr. Rob Thompson. And uh, met him at a um, at the wedding, and we just sort of chatted a couple of times, not not nothing major. And then he invited us out for dinner the following day, and he just said, "Look, I, I need to talk to you." I said, "Okay." So we went for a um, a walk, and he goes, "You know, I I, I want to speak in your life, and I want to be there for you." And I've grown up with people, a lot of people knowing who Justin Harold was from a oh that's Ivan Harold's son perspective. But I've got mentors when it comes to business. I've got mentors when it comes to family life. I've never really had like a spiritual mentor, which I think. These days, it's cracker of an idea to have that. Yes, we have God. Yes, we've got the Bible. But to have someone there that is is your iron when you're sharpening your iron around you. So he's really every day I get an SMS from him. He lives in the, in Chicago, and we speak once on a day on the phone. He sent me all this stuff that I need to read every single all these Bible verses. Now look, I've been reading my Bible, and like reading your Bible is reading your Bible sometimes. You know what I mean? And but this stuff that he and he does it before we then talk about where I'm at sometimes. So I'll go, I've got new verses to send you, sends it to me. Now let's talk where you're at. And I'll get these things and go, how did you know? Like this, So it's all been quite targeted. And I think, you know, you can read the Bible from front to back. You know, that, that that's great. But I think if you start reading the, the verses that are applicable to where you're at and only that, it, actually you can start getting a result and the more results you get the the more people you're going to affect so I'd rather be affecting people than just knowing verses what's the point of that so that's where I mean I, I read I think it's about um, 60 verses or 60 yeah 60 passages a day and I actually gave it to one of my um, business colleagues who was going through such a hard time at the moment. not a not a Christian and he was whinging and complaining week after week, and nothing's working for him. This is not, nah. I said, look, here's some stuff. I want you to read it every day. And it's not a mantra. you just got to read it out loud. And he rung up the other day, and he goes, my, my whole life's turned around. He goes, every time I read this, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I said, mate, I'm telling you what it is. No, I don't have to say anything. That all speaks to him. He could have come back and said, does nothing for me. But, you know, it's powerful. Mm. You know, and I just think we need to stop, you know, believing that you know god's going to get us out of a problem i think god's going to give us the tools for us to get ourselves out of a problem and that's the way that i live my life well mate sounds to me like you're a history maker you're out there doing uh doing your best for god and uh, and uh, being successful at what you do so mate thanks so much for your time today now there's a website people can go to if they'd like any more information uh, com. that's correct fantastic and uh you're available obviously to speak at conferences churches mm. Bar mitzvahs, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate, thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you very much. If you'd like to find out more about our show, just go to historymakersradio.com. 
There you can download the interviews, make a donation, and check out our great links section. I'm Matt Prater. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. God bless. History Makers.